My name is Jen. I have a new life in Christ, and I'm in recovery from pride, control, and insecurity. Hey. I always felt that my testimony was pretty basic. I grew up Catholic, accepted Christ in my late teens, and I've been thriving ever since. I've realized that this is my Instagram testimony, a perfect love story if you looked at it only from the broadest perspective. I've come to learn that this is not my testimony at all. I grew up in a broken family in New Jersey with my mother and three siblings. My mom tried to raise us in the Catholic Church with baby baptisms and good morals. Despite struggling through a divorce, children with addiction and severe medical issues, and the need to provide for her family, my mother continually realized her need for a faith. Memories of my mother struggling well has been truly instrumental in my personal walk with the Lord. I didn't have much of a relationship with my father. By law, I was supposed to see him on a regular basis, but I asked my mom if I could stop when I was in middle school. I was confirmed, which is a Catholic sacrament, in 2009, and I figured I was done with the whole church thing until a friend brought me to a youth group at a local community church that I had never heard of. My first time there was a lock-in, which is a big sleepover that you just cannot leave. It took me about a year to go back, but I eventually called that church home up until I moved from New Jersey. The years of high school and college were plagued with a deep pining for acceptance. My heart was never really for Jesus. I was still living for me and for the things of this world, but I showed up to church on Sunday mornings and to youth group on Thursday nights. I graduated, got a job, had a Catholic boyfriend, and genuinely thought I really understood this whole Jesus thing. But I was so wrong. My life was marked by an alcohol dependence and sexual immorality after that boyfriend and I split up. I quit my job, went back to college, worked full-time as a waitress, and moved in with my father, with whom I had hardly spoken with for most of my life. Between school and work, I was drinking nearly every chance that I could get. Home was not a safe space, so I preferred to fill my time not at home, which led to seeking acceptance from men and completely misusing my body. I always figured that if I wasn't actually having sex, then I could do everything else. I was living recklessly, still going through the Christian motions for over 24 years and putting my security and my identity in my virginity. Come 2020, I was stealing from my job, was unsure of my virginity, and I'd been assaulted in my own car. I was reaping what I was sowing, enslaved by my own self-pity, and yet still not crying out to God. I was, however, desperate for change. As the pandemic thickened, my youth pastor at the time encouraged the leaders to virtually read through the book of Luke with some of the high schoolers. This was one of the first times that I voluntarily opened up my Bible, read the text, and studied it, and I can remember audibly saying to myself that this book is so good. With a newly cleared schedule, I began jumping into all the virtual opportunities that the church was offering. A prayer service on Mondays, a missional community group on Wednesdays, youth group on Thursdays. I began going on morning walks and just talking to God, praying about anything that came to mind. Contrarily, I was still finding comfort in alcohol and boys on the weekends. I can remember praying that the Lord remove the things that were keeping me from him. This is arguably one of the hardest prayers that I've ever prayed because he answered it. Relationships that I'd unhealthily cultivated were suddenly severed. I saw the effects of alcohol on my family from an outside perspective as I no longer found pleasure in overdrinking. 
I had a deep desire for something eternal in a house that was so shut off to any sort of faith. Nothing tangible was satisfying me. I was painfully lonely, and to be honest, his, faithful, his faithfulness in responding to that prayer made me a little angry. Come summer of 2020, I was under contract to purchase a condo in New Jersey and at the point of praying regularly. Day after day, I grew more uncomfortable with the thought of closing on this home. I was pleading with the Lord to close all the doors if it was not in his will for me. After three months, the loan still hadn't closed and I truly felt a call to cancel the contract, eat the costs, and go wherever he would lead me to. So in late September of 2020, just before my 25th birthday, I uncomfortably stepped out in faith and canceled the contract. Come mid-October, I blindly signed a lease to an apartment in Dallas. Within two weeks, I had sold everything I could, gave away all the things that wouldn't sell, packed up my little Toyota Corolla, and drove down to Dallas where I didn't know a single person. I was relying solely on the Lord and learning more of his character day by day. I attended the porch, watermark, and regeneration all within my first few weeks here. It was in groundwork when I started confessing suppressed sin, and I would say that I was 98% surrendered, but there was one particular week where everything shifted. Monday night at Regen, the message was about trust, and then Tuesday night at the porch, the message was also about trust. Between these two sermons, the Lord showed me that I constantly put my trust in things when none of them had been proven trustworthy. It became clear that I was still finding my identity and my virginity and finally confessed my 2%. I was trusting a man who told me that I was still a virgin, when in reality, I don't know if that's true. I was using that security for my own peace of mind, but my virginity was never my identity. It can never keep me pure. My identity is chosen, holy, blameless, righteous, known, loved, and new, all because of Jesus and I've never trusted anything more. Praise God. I commenced in November 2021 and cannot be more grateful for all that the Lord revealed to me in that year. It is by his faithfulness that I have since made amends with the job that I was stealing from, made amends with my family, forgave the person who assaulted me, and forgave the person who may have abusively taken my virginity. Praise God. I've learned that just as recovery is one day at a time, so is surrender. As much as my desire for control tries to see all the way ahead to the next finish line, the reality is that I do not need to know exactly where he'll lead me and when. I know how the story ultimately ends, and that gives me peace and confidence in trusting him with my next 24 hours. I've learned that releasing bitterness and resentments does not dismiss any sin. Rather, it means recognizing the magnitude of forgiveness extended to me through Jesus and trusting, because there's trust again, that he will deal appropriately with those transgressions. I've learned that making amends is not dependent on the other person's response, but opening the door for reconciliation in an act of obedience to live peaceably with all. Moreover, the tools that we practice throughout the steps are not just part of a 52-week program. I'm continually admitting my powerlessness over different sins, trusting the Lord in every situation, confessing temptation and shortcomings, repenting, receiving grace, seeking forgiveness, and making amends. I'm surrounded by sisters who constantly encourage me to check my heart. As often as I confess, I am met with love, grace, and gentle correction. If you do not know what this type of authentic community is like, 
I'd encourage you to plug into a local church and go all in. It is through daily devotion and surrender that the Lord has redeemed my past decisions, restored my relationship with alcohol, and shifted the way that I view my family. Romans 3.23 tells us that we're all sinners in need of a gracious Savior. This is as true for me as it is for my transgressors as it is for my transgressors. He is the same God. Please do not hear me say that my time in regeneration or that life now is easy. There were so many days where I simply did not want to get in the book or did not want to show up to group. Greater than my idleness was a deep desire to never be the same. So if you struggle to walk in here tonight, please know that we are so glad that you're here and that I am so proud of you. I challenge you to take all things to the Lord and pray for the desire to desire him, to desire change. Ephesians 3.20 reminds us that he is able to do far more abundantly than all we could ever ask or think. He can handle our real and raw feelings and he is faithful even when we are not. I truly thought that I was living in a perfect love story, a secured identity, but this life belonged to me. Luke 9.23-25 says, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself? He is the only one worthy of my next 24 hours for all my days. My name is Jen. I have a new life in Christ, and I'm in recovery from pride, control, and insecurity. And to God be all the glory.